So I learned very hard. I wrote a thing when I was about 22, 23, something like that, called The Power of Words. Words are what power they have when uttered by the right tongues. All simple words, how they can make or break any individual and how lightly they're used. And sometimes they're used with a tongue like a dagger that cuts right through stabbing our deepest fears. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. What's up, guys? Today I got to speak with Lee Tunney Ware, a really, really interesting guy. Lee is an experienced trainer, business coach, author, entrepreneur, transformational speaker, psychotherapist, uh, counselor, and hypnotherapist. Um, a lot of expertise, all related to communication. His, his passion, though, lies in executive coaching programs and personal development and seminars and in helping people and leaders achieve their full potential. He's also an internationally published author and a really effective motivational speaker who really focuses on helping his audience drive change. So a fascinating conversation with Lee. We went really deep on uh, kind of foundational topics like what communication is and what we should really be trying to accomplish when we're communicating with each other and how most of us are not doing that, right? Um, We talk about how we almost never speak from the present. We're always speaking from the past and the future and the impact that that has on our communication with folks. We talk about what true collaboration really looks like, and he shares some really interesting thoughts around his thinking about the unconscious mind, which is which is a very unique take. So this was really a treat for me. I hope it's a treat for you. He's a really smart and fascinating guy, and he really helped me to kind of build out my thinking about uh, my, my thinking a little bit around communication and and how I communicate. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode and, and get a lot out of it. Lee, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to get the chat with you today. Thank you, sir. It's good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. So prior to this interview, we had a chance to speak about a week ago or so, and you had some really interesting viewpoints, I thought, around communication. So I'm looking forward to diving into them. The, The first one I wanted to dive into is this idea of the importance of where we're communicating from. Right. So I'd love if you could just kind of expound upon that and, and we'll see where the conversation takes us from there. Okay, so that has sort of two folds. Where do we communicate from and where do we communicate to? Mm-hmm. So what part of you are you speaking from? Are you speaking from your heart, from your mind, from your spirit, from your biology? And to put that in perspective so it's possibly heard, is that if somebody says, oh, I hear what you're saying, or that makes sense to me. To me, that's mind. If somebody says, I don't like that, or I like that, that's emotion. If somebody says, um, uh, like, in a sense, if they find it inspiring, yeah, that's their spirit. And in our language, competitive language normally comes from biology of mind. 
So if I took it into, say, the kids' world, it can be heard easier to find the example with my little boy Williams playing the Xbox. He's seven, gorgeous kid. Blue eyes, big smile. Very easy, very hard to say no to, very easy to say yes to. And if he's playing the Xbox, and let's say, I said to him, William, Dad needs to watch the news in about 10 minutes, my boy. So if you wind the game up, save the game. And he looks at me and starts to debate, but Dad, I'd like to play more of it. And he starts to, to communicate that some might say fight his corner, argue his corner. That's mind. Let's say he doesn't say anything, doesn't say a word, throws the controller down and stomps out the door, slams and off and hear him stomp, 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 stomp up the stairs, along the landing, thump, 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 slam the door. That's biology. It's not mind, it's biology. Let's say he doesn't do either one of those and he starts crying. When I ask him to save the game, that's emotion. Let's say he doesn't do any of those and he goes into what some might call a sulk state where his shoulders are down. That's a me spirit. So if Dave, if William is in debate, yeah, I'll be communicating through mind language. As in, I hear what you're saying, William. Some might call it VARC, that's visual, auditory, kinesthetic, as in, I see what you mean, I hear what you're saying, that feels right to me. Um, and that was developed by John Green and Richard Bander on NLP. I think that language is external. So what I mean by that is language is to communicate from self to another. For what purpose? We call it communication. To me, communication is for one thing, community. That's what's mm-hmm. called communication. If we take that into business, business language for communication is what, what intention, what purpose. It's for sales, it's for team environment, whatever. But let's take it into, say, the personal aspect of communication. Partner to partner, mother, father to child, whatever, is if you're communicating from that place of authority, then you're communicating from mind. If you And there's three other parts left out of the communication. The child might hear you, but they're definitely going to feel a negative. So what part are you speaking from? Yeah, and then what part are you speaking to in that human? The other bit I'd add on to that is what time what time frame are you speaking from? Are you speaking from present to past? As in I didn't like what you did. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. That's present to future. So when we speak to our child, and bear in mind I'm using the child as an analogy so it's heard is why did you do that? Very personal question, but it's also past-related. Can't change what's happened in the past. We assume we have to have a past communication for the child to learn their lesson, which is very authoritative way, which takes away the child's own ability. So if you forget present to past, and if there's something the child's done, or the individual, whatever, are you speaking from a place of judgment? Because the judgments we make are the, on us or others are the sentences, the sentence we must endure. They frame everything. So if you want your child to know they're loved or you want your partner to know they're loved, then speak to the heart and from the heart. Let go of all the judgments and beliefs and opinions. And, and that, I suppose... Where are we speaking from? Or can you speak from that place of deep self? 
authentic self, liberty and freedom with all judgment and all expectation gone, can you honorably speak to another human to the purest part of them beyond belief, beyond their opinions, beyond what they think, beyond what they understand, beyond what they know, and authentically speak to the, the human part that experiences everything. So that whether that makes sense, long-winded way, but it's uh, it's one of those subjects that's very complicated-ish. So how can we, or can we even align all four of those parts, you know, when we're communicating with somebody? Good question. And then how can we reduce the all the noise going on in our own mind and body and emotions so that we can communicate in that very authentic, true and pure way that you that you describe. Very good. It's a brilliant question because you said something there that might get lost in translation and you might have been aware you said it, that might come across as arrogant, but there's two parts of the community. Communication is external from your skin out. Anything from your skin in is internal. Nobody else would feel it, touch it, smell it, see it, hear it. It All it from your skin in is your domain. When we speak from ourselves to another human, we have these preconceived ideas, expectations. I can't say that because she'll feel this. I can't say that because he'll think this. The truth is, as true as I breathe, I do not have the ability to think for another human. I do not have the ability to decide what I think the other pe person means. I know what you mean, Greg. Well, no, you don't. I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. I know. What... And we put intent behind the communication. And I think to find that authenticity, that alignment, first of all, if you feel stuck inside, so like people might say their communication from outside to, let's say I'm saying to you, Greg, I feel really stuck at the minute. I've got my head in the game. Bear in mind, head in the game. Uh, but I'm not quite sure what to do. Do is action. Do is biology. Do is movement. So what they, in my mind, what they said is, I know what I've got to do. I've got all the strategy worked out, like the timelines, the deadlines, I've got everything. But I'm procrastinating because my biology is in sync with my mind. So if you heard it this way, that every single person, so I'm speaking to you now, yeah, and I'm speaking, if you imagine this, that I'm I'm a Mac computer. Yeah, so, and everybody else is PCs. You're a Mac computer and everybody else is PCs. So for when you're speaking to another human, you're either speaking to them as a PC, yeah, and we're trying to install data into them for them to calibrate it and evaluate it the same way we do. When we do, oh, I know what you mean. That makes sense to me. Oh, perfect. I'm behind you. When we have conflict and we have disagreement, that's disagreement of mind. You can't have conflict. When it goes to biology, when physical punches, kicks, uh, threats, they're all biology. So, but when it's all a disagreement, normally disagreements only come from expectations not being fulfilled um, and how can you fulfill somebody else's expectations when they haven't communicated you to you in the first place i expected you to do this would be nice if you informed me so there's twofold there there's internal and external so internal if you're stuck if you're not happy that's emotion if you're not enjoy as in enjoying i-n-j-o-y ING, enjoying your life, that's emotion. So 
but I am not in in joy because you have to be in joy if you're not proud about what you're doing not inspired by what you're doing to me that's spirit that's passion if you feel it's a drink like just I don't know stuck and weighed down it's stress that's biology very easy to see where you are how do you wake up in the morning do you wake up tired even though you slept well it's your body ache that's biology if you wake up well and your nutrition's good but you wake up uninspired that's spirit if you wake up well and inspired but confused that's mind if you wake up well inspired and with your mind focused but you're not enjoying it that's emotion so to align them Simon has sent it um, from the book find your why find your purpose type of thing that's just one hard drive goals are more linear mind gives you a target to aim for meditation might cover some of spirit but um i would say like this if you're meditating if you're using meditation as a form of medication then you're using a hammer to paint a fence as if you're using it like a an aspirin a panadol you're using goal setting as a form of medication the alignment inside true integrity is to let go of that exterior to take away the external world and to be able to express from the inside to the outside with complete authenticity free of fear free of what we think the other person expects from us free of what we think the other people person um, thinks of us free of judgment entirely then you're aligned inside when we speak to the other person we should speak with complete respect judgment to the side value to the side just one human to another with no intent no manipulation no persuasion and that long-winded but it's how you separate the two and then the time kind of relation what's the point of the conversation in the first place what's the intent behind it? when it's aligned it's yeah. pure yeah i think that probably takes a lot of practice to get good at right uh, to even understand that fact that you're not aligned in the first place and then thinking about how do i get authentic how do i stop worrying about the external and what other people think about me and just communicate in in a very clear and authentic way and it also takes a lot of courage i think well, very good and greg you'd be absolutely 100 percent right for you i agree with you entirely in the mindset you're in so how can I change my mindset? Well, there you go. Why would you? What? Mm. And bear in mind, now we're we're sort of into a mm, one of those conversations where it could sound like we're competing. My car's bigger than your car, but if we take away all of that and take away judgment, and we're just two humans talking, because the whole point of communication logically is for safety, it's for community, it's for trust, it's for harmony, it's for peace. Why else? What else is it for? It's not for me to get a vote or for me to be the richest person in the graveyard. It's about community. How can you have a pure communication when all you're doing is fulfilling other people's expectations? How can you have pure communication when all you're doing is looking for somebody else's value? So imagine and bear in mind, I only ask you to imagine, not saying I'm right, happy to be wrong, because if I'm wrong, I learn, happy to be right. 
happy to be wrong. Yeah. So I'm not pushing an agenda, not pushing a point of point of view, like the point of a spear. Yeah. Just imagine that you are the only person that thinks for you, breathes for you, decides for you. This is your life, your essence. In the history of the human race, there's never been anybody else on this earth like you, nor will there ever be. Which means to show up authentic, to show up free of fear, to show up free of expectations, is to show up as your true self. To bring that unity, not just your essence, that unity of collaborative energy from the universe into this space. Because that's the purest space of creation, of love, harmony, and joy, in my opinion. However, if we're in a mindset, and some people's minds are in that set, they're a bit like concrete. They're all mixed up. Uh, to me, if you compare a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, obviously a growth mindset is positive. In my world, any mindset is negative. I wouldn't, set, I wouldn't have my mindset. I would set my mind. But in my mindset, it means now I'm within the parameters of I've got to change my thinking, I've got to change my beliefs. These beliefs, these opinions I have that I've created or I've accepted and installed from a PC to a Mac, I've run this program. Now, how do I change this negative to a positive? How do I change my outlook? Well, it's very easy. Whose outlook is it? Whose future fiction is it? Notice, know the future. What we do know is the stimulus we're most scared of in the world is another human. Mm -hmm. We're not scared of lions. Like now, if we live in a volcano area or a threat of a tsunami, yeah, fear comes into place. Because fear is there for, for biology. When we live in a society with certain rules and regulations and laws that should all fall really safety, when we're safe, then and everything's normal, as in there's no tsunamis, earthquakes, no lions, no, nobody running around the corner with a gun, then the only negative we're worried about is what somebody else thinks or what somebody else might say about us. Another human is our, our biggest fear. That's why trust is so important, but trust is external. People want to trust themselves more. You can't trust yourself more, in my opinion. People want to have a positive self-image. Yeah, one, I wouldn't want a positive self-image. I don't have a positive self-image of anybody else. It's like a Polaroid snapshot in time. Positive video, maybe. Positive self-image. You know, you say, oh, you're playing with words, Lee. <laughs> well, the key word is self. Whose life is it? Whose essence? People talk about positive and negative, yin and yang. Yeah, yin and yang, let's say, to me, yin and yang collaborate. They're in pure harmony, pure community, pure love, everything working together to create life. I don't consider life negative. When we have that life, when we have that power, we separate those two energies into positive and negative. They go, well, that's the way it is. No, that's the way you believe it is. And when you look and you say, well, I don't believe that, that's fine. But beliefs aren't truths. They're our way of lying to ourselves, in my opinion. Beliefs are the consequences of us not knowing the truth. Beliefs were true, they would be called truths, but they're not true, they're beliefs. So how do you create that harmony, unity? One, you do, you have to let go of all that future fiction, that future fear. 
Um, and if you've got to write some, nowadays they're pushing resilience. You've got to have grit. You've got to have resilience. You've got to strive. You've got to thrive. On the field, maybe. In the ring, maybe. On the track, maybe. In life, no. Oh, it's the worst thing in the world. If you if you feel that you have to have resilience in your future, then you're writing yourself as the hero in your own story. Because success is more important than harmony. Which means if you want to be successful, you believe it, believe it's going to be hard. And you believe it's going to be a struggle, it's going to be a fight, it's going to be a climb, it's going to be a strive. However you justify it in those thoughts, then what you decided is that other humans are going to get in your way. And now you've got to manipulate, you've got to persuade, you've got to motivate, you've got to drive. Which means your communication, everything you say is said from your future fiction. We communicate to change the future, but the future is not created. It's an assistant average of what we believe is going to happen. Countries going into recession. Translate that for you. People are going to feel scared. Translate that for you. People are going to get stressed. Translate that for you. People are going to argue. Translate that for you. Families are going to break up. One judgment. Just one judgment can have detrimental effects. I mean, just use the word Trump. Uh, and you're into a totally different form of communication. Not, and that you think I just said something about Trump as in his communication different. No, I didn't say that. Just one word can control the whole narrative and determine what side you're on and what side you're not on. They may call us the human race. But I'm not a gladiator in the arena of life. I'm a collaborator. I'm not here to race against anybody. So how do you get it? You let go of all the fundamental beliefs you have about yourself and everybody else because they're all lies. If they were serving you or, or society, 80% of society uh, would be happy in their job, but it's actually the reverse. They're unhappy. Suicides are on the increase. They're running like one every 60 seconds worldwide. I mean, and the strange thing about us as a human race, we're so responsible, so so authentically honourable to protecting another human that we, hand on heart, in the eyes of God or in the eyes of evolution, know that somebody in the world is going to commit suicide. And we believe that's normal. We accept that as part of the fabric, part of the weave of society. It's not normal. It's against everything that another human being can take their life because of some of the words another human said or some of the things another human did or didn't do because of some of the values. All it is is a thought. They're not real. The word's not real. So I can talk all day, Greg, whether it makes sense. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm right. Yeah. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in being right. I swear with every part of my essence, it's the dawn of my creation in the universe. I'm interested only in what is right, not interested in being wrong. Got it, got it. Uh, another related topic that I know we talked some about is this idea that we can't talk to ourselves internally. We can only talk mm -hmm. externally. And, the, and your thoughts around the unconscious mind. So I'd love for you well, to share some enough. of that. Mm -hmm. yeah, you do open the door well, don't you? <laughs> right. Um, now, some... Obviously, I don't know who's going to hear this. It could be just you, Greg. Yeah, but I don't think that's the case. But <laughs> so what I'm going to say next is I'm happy to be proved wrong. I'm not interested in being right. I'm interested in what is right. 
I'll translate that further. I'm interested in kids being happy. I'm interested in relationships being of a bond, regardless of sex, colour or creed. I ain't interested. It's another judgment. All I'm interested in is the harmony, is the peace, is the collaboration, honourable collaboration, not, oh, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. That, that. So, one, so I question core society beliefs because what's the bedrock of your beliefs? Nature and nurture, primeval mind, fight or flight, yeah, it's irrelevant. What is relevant is if it's your thoughts, then you think for you. When you think you make a decision, in many ways we do make a decision from the choices that's been given to us. So I call it the menu of life. If you go into a restaurant, you have to decide from what's on the menu. You can't say, well, look, my favorite dish isn't on the menu. Can you cook me my favorite dish? You're in a steakhouse and I'm a vegan. Well, why'd you come to, vegan? Why'd you come to a steakhouse if you're a vegan? Well, I thought I could order what I wanted. And life's a bit like that. People want bigger things they want better things and there is a conscious shift i think happening within society but what stops us from having that authenticity what stops us from feeling love rather than imagining what love would feel like why do we need the vision boards why do we need the meditation why do we need the the law of attraction why do, i mean all these books out there are not against them because something's wrong. So I question what I think is the bedrock of what's wrong in society, where our power's been taken away. And I'm not interested in being right. I'm interested in making a difference for people's lives. So I state, bear in mind, I didn't use the word say, I state as true as I breathe, as true as I know my own name, as true as I know the sun's going to come up tomorrow, I state that the subconscious mind does not exist. And when I do it in an audience and when I say it and when I, when I push the point with that energy, that certainty, how can it be so certain? And I, I'm certain. And I get the whole audience to stand. I say, if you agree with me, stay seated. If you agree with me, please stand. And the whole audience, sorry, if you disagree with me, stand. If you agree with me, stay seated. And the whole audience stands. Could be 100, 150, 200 people, all standing. So I say, is one person wrong when people disagree with them? If so, does that make them right when people agree with them? So I say, from our perspective at the minute, you're all standing. Please wait there for a minute. I go off to the stage, bring a chair up, put a chair on the center of the stage and sit down. And I say, now I'm sitting. You're standing, bear in mind, anyone that's seated agrees the subconscious mind doesn't exist. Anyone standing disagrees. I'm the only one out of 150 people in the room saying so it's sitting. So you all believe or will accept that you're correct. How can one individual be right? And I'm not interested in being right. I'm interested in this, that 90 to 95% of you is controlled supposedly by a subconscious mind. So that means only five to 10% of you is in control of your life. The other 90 to 95% of you has your freedom, has your liberty, has you in a prison. 
So I'm not interested in whether it exists or doesn't exist. What I'm interested in is giving you the freedom and liberty back, giving you back your essence, your life. So it's all words at this moment. So what I say is I take a thousand euro out of my pocket and this stands for anyone listening to this. I've never had anyone claim the reward of a thousand euro. I said, it's a thousand euro over here and it's there for the first person that can prove me wrong. I'm happy to be wrong because I learn. For the first person that can prove to me that I'm wrong, I'll give them a thousand euro. Now you can phone a friend, you can use Google, you can use any search engine you want, you can go to any expert in the world you want and it doesn't stand for this moment while you're listening to it. It stands for the rest of my natural life. Anyone that comes to me via email, Facebook Messenger, face-to-face, whoever they want to contact me and can prove to me that the subconscious mind exists, I will give them a thousand euros. One-time fee. If they can collaborate in a team, 10 in a team, if they come to me as a team and prove to me it exists, I'll give them a hundred euro each. But the, to claim the reward, it's this simple. Out of all the billions of autopsies that's been done, the billions of scans and MRIs that's been done, all I ask is to, to see an image, a true image, not a Photoshop image, of a subconscious mind in a jar somewhere, in a medical university, or a scan, or an MRI scan of the subconscious mind, where somebody can go, there it is, that, there it is, you can see it. And anyone that can show me that, then I will accept that the subconscious mind is real, as in it really exists in the real world. If you can't touch it, if you can't see it, if you can't even, it's all conceptual, it's just in your mind, then it's a belief. Exists in your imagination. That's the problem with yin and yang. When it's in your imagination, you're at the dawn of creation. What are we creating? Well, how are we taking our power away? The subconscious mind doesn't exist. And to my knowledge, I'm the first person on the earth to say it. The subconscious mind doesn't exist. And I'm the first person that says, you can't believe in yourself. If you want to believe in yourself, you're going to fail. Beliefs are the barriers to the truth. Beliefs are your excuses to not have the life you want. So I'm the first person that says, to my knowledge, you can't believe in yourself. Can't love yourself. Can't have self-respect. Because that's external language. Inside, I don't process with the language I speak to you with. I process through a feeling, a process through an emotion, a process with temperature. So that, so it's heard. If I looked out the window and the window was shut, the window's there. So if I looked out the window and the window's shut and I'm inside in an air-conditioned room at the temperature I like, and I think, well, I'm going to wash my clothes and put them on the line. Yeah, and I look out the window and I think, oh, it looks, looks, looks like it's going to rain. Yeah, I'm going to wash my clothes and put them in the dryer. So I put them in the wash my clothes, put them in the dryer, and then I look out and I see, oh, it's really sunny. I, I thought it was going to rain. That's my future fiction, see, I thought it was going to rain. But in fact, it's dry. But what I'd done was I only thought from one part my mind. I didn't open the window to get the air temperature to the environmental pressure on my biology because my biology would have confirmed it was going to stay dry. But my thought thought it was going to rain. So where we decide from, where we think from, 
when we speak from. We speak from all four hard drives, as in heart, or mind, heart, body, and spirit, and they're aligned, free of expectation, free of um, the subconscious mind, or free of primeval. Because bear in mind, if it's stimulus, very powerful word stimulus, because mm-hmm. these internal thoughts you're on about, when we think a thought, why that thought? So stimulus, very powerful, very threatening word, in my opinion, because it takes your authority away that quick. And you think, hang about, how? No, he's over-exaggerating. Oh, no. In my opinion, one of the worst words in the English or any language reads this, one of the worst and most controlling words ever. You can't disagree with fire flightly. That's from the reptilian brain. That's what where we it affects our biology. Fight or flight is for a lion coming at you. You fight or flee, or you go into shock, which is freeze. Fight or flight for somebody coming at you with a gun, a fist, a kick, a punch, whatever. That's where fear exists. It's to protect the biology in the moment, instantly. Fight or flight. It's a reptilian program. It's a biological program. Biology does not run minds. Biology, when it's stimulus, it means you have to react or respond. It means you have no choice. It's either or. When it's either or, there is no choice. And when there is no choice, there is no freedom. When there is no freedom, there is no liberty. But when it's information, when stimulus is changed to information and it's just data, we have all the choices and options in the world. But when it's stimulus, it means that we react or respond, which means our control is gone. It has to be because we have a subconscious mind and this primeval brain from millions of years. So even though we're here to live this life and we breathe for us, we think for us, we decide for us, we're inside trying to convince ourselves, I am the best, I am the best, I am the best. I'll translate that for you. You're not the best. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I'll translate that for you. You can't do this. Because if you could, you wouldn't be telling yourself you can. You knew with every breath, every heartbeat, every part of your existence that the future had exactly what you wanted. You knew you were going to have that every member of your family tomorrow, regardless of what illness they have, what situation they had in life, that every single one of those was going to be in perfect health, have the perfect home, perfect harmony, perfect love, all the money or whatever things they wanted in their life. If every single human being knew that on the planet, we wouldn't be reading books. We'd be out smelling flowers. Yeah. We keep looking to learn. And in my mind, learning is another, another problem. He's wrong. Well, I'm not interested in being right. When we learn a subject, we learn the subject to overcome or to create the value of the future we desire. So I'm going to read this book yeah, because I want a money to change in my future, which means in the present moment I haven't got the skills necessary. Skills are a different thing. When we put an obstacle in our future, we create the kryptonite. We create the villain. Now we have to think around that villain. We've used yin and yang to create a virtual future fiction in our mind, and then that creates the drama in our mind. 
then we try to talk to ourselves to convince ourselves that that future ain't real. It's not real in the first place. It's just written a script for your future, future fiction, future fear. So inside, the reason we're talking to ourselves in some ways, see, when the biology reacts to what we think, that's anxiety. When the biology reacts to what's outside, that's real. That means there's danger coming. So if, if nobody's not coming at you with a knife, a gun, a baseball bat, a lion, a dog, if there's none of that happening in your life, then the rest is anxiety, which means it's your creation, which is brilliant. Now, it's your creation, which might mean you need medication. You might need meditation. No, what it means is you need to be a better director, better screen and script writer of your future. That's what it means. And so... I could talk all day about it, Greg. The art is how can how can you change the preempted predictive future for everybody? Mm, everybody. Imagine when somebody commits suicide, they don't actually choose to do it, that they're actually the conscious algorithm of, of human consciousness is dictated to them that they should. That yes, we are individuals, yes, but a lot of our problems come from the collective. Mm -hmm. from society's beliefs and cultures and opinions. So when we're thinking as an individual, we're thinking within the program, which means we're not thinking. We're reacting or responding to a program. It's there. It's not called the matrix of consciousness, whatever. Consciousness is just a calibration of what we expect to believe or understand or know. It's not true. What is true is the true values of a human. We set true values as in you have the right to live the same as I do. My beliefs or opinions should not get in the way where our, our ancestors or, or the next generation are fighting. I mean, how many nuclear weapons do you need to make somebody scared enough to listen to you? Mm -hmm. And this is what we do in our relationships. I love you. No, you don't. If you did, you'd do this. Our children... AD&D, HDHD, this, dyslexia, whatever. We've got all these tags and then we value people through this name and then our communication is controlled by that value. When all you want is to be happy, all you want is to be is loved, all you want to be is respected, all you want to be is safe. And I mean, that's all any human wants. Yeah. You can wanna, if you want to win a fight, get in the ring. If you want to win on the track, get on the track. If you want to win on the pitch, get on the pitch. If you want to win in life, don't compete. I'm not anybody else's negative. I'm here to serve. And I think you are. Anyway, like I say, whether that makes sense to you, and I'm happy to be wrong, I'm, I swear to you, I'm not pushing an agenda. It's, I don't know what you think of it. I'll be interested to know what you think of it. I, I think don't, be, don't be worried about the feelings, just be straight with me. Yeah, no, I think it's a really interesting and unique perspective on a number of different levels. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm convinced that there's no subconscious, um, so I, 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 I'm not ready to take that step. But, uh, you know, I definitely agree that we need to think about communication in a much more collaborative and community-oriented way. And I also agree that all of us communicate through a whole bunch of layers that we've put on ourselves based on expectations 
that we have or we think others have or we want others to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think many of us can speak truly authentically from the heart in most situations. Um, but I think we all long to, and we all long to hear that from other people too. So um, definitely, definitely interesting thought. So a couple more questions I have that I like to ask everybody who I have on the show. The, the first one is around just the power of a conversation, right? I'm a believer that um, a, a, conversa- a single conversation can have a huge impact on your life. So I always like to ask my guests if there's one conversation they can point to that had a really big impact on the direction that they ended up taking. A short story around that one, true story. It's still like karate. And um, went to the first karate competition with my club about 100 miles from where I lived, about 10 of us on the team, all sitting on a bench. And a friend of mine, Gary, said to me, he was older than me, I was only yellow belt, and I I think he was black belt. And he said to me, "Um, Lee, can I sit there? I said, yeah, no problem. This, This story had the biggest impact on my life. He said, can I sit there? I said, yeah, not a problem. So he sat there and I moved down the bench to the other end. And then the chap beside me, Desi, said, um, he said, do you reckon you can beat that fellow? I said, what fellow? He said, the fellow you're facing. I said, he's a black belt. I said, I don't know. I said, I won't be fighting him anyway. He said, oh, yeah, you will. He said, you fight who you face. And I looked up to where Gary was and I looked across to the bloke he was sitting across. The bloke across from him was a brown belt. I thought, well, I've competed with brown belts before, as in the club. So I said to Gary, can I have my seat back? Gary went, no. I said, come on, Gary, mate. I was sitting there. And he said, Lee, he said, I asked, could I see you? You said, yes, I'll say So then I've gone to the sense side, the boss, is that pet playground mentality. I've asked Gary, Gary ain't going to do what I want. Now I'm going to ask somebody that has a bit more power that might tell him to move. So I said, Sensei, I was sitting there. Gary asked me to move. Now I'm sitting here. When I was sitting there across from me, it was a brown belt. Now I'm sitting here across from me, it's a black belt. Can you tell Gary to move? He said, no. I said, boy. He said, well, I'll tell you now. He said, I'm not going to tell you, tell Gary the movies, and I'm going to tell you to go and change, get out of your Christ to get into your civvies. He says, no point in you fighting. I said, how do you mean? No point in you stepping on the map. He said, when you've lost in your mind already. I said, but he's a black belt. He said, you can justify it how you like. He said, but you've lost before you've even competed. You've decided that in a future moment, every part of your existence is going to limit you to the point that you will lose. So he said, so it's up to you. Change or get on the map. But if you're going on the map, you're coming off the map as the winner of the, of the match, as in that heat. So if you can't do that, he said, you've lost before you already start. So I went on the mat. I got a roundhouse kick to the face. And that's the first time I knew what fear was. Because in that moment, I felt my whole body react. Some might call it the subconscious. It's not in control of me. It's there to serve me. It's my partner. 
not my enemy. So I felt it relaxed. My mind went into overdrive. Few F words went, and they weren't flowers across my mind. <laughs> and a few judgments towards that person. And my nose, oh. And I'm back at the line now. Now, what he done was gave me a, he gave me an illegal kick. He gives me three of those, I'll get a point. I don't want another two of these kicks. I'm already in my head. This bloke's going to annihilate me. Then he done another kick to me, which was a legal kick. And then my biology went from fear to, yeah, I've had enough of this. And then I aligned instantly because now this bloke is threatening me. He's using illegal moves and... After that, he never got no more points. I took his leg, stood on his throat, and that was there. I didn't want to hurt him. I just wanted to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I got told off for I wasn't allowed to stand on his throat. So once I realised I shouldn't have done that because I reacted or responded, whichever way you looked at it. But I won the heat. I won and I beat that round. In reflection, I knew what I'd done. I learned not how to master me. Can't master me. I am the master of me. If I think otherwise, I'm no longer the master. I believe my subconscious is the master, my thoughts are the master, my experiences, my trauma is my master. And I've given my power away. I am me. Everything you see, everything you hear, every feeling, every thought, every heartbeat, every breath is me. I don't know how to show up to fulfill other people's expectations. So the subconscious mind... I'll show you how quick it is to, 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 to communicate. Yeah, we call it communication, which all internal communication. We call it internal communication, which means we're separated already. How do I communicate to a single entity? So, because I have to communicate to myself, by communicating to myself, I already had the expectation to believe that there's a separate part of me. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how to communicate myself, but I'll show you how quick. Yeah. Mm. communication isn't the right word how quick your subconscious mind it's not even listens it can't listen to you because it is you hold your breath just hold your breath you just interrupted what someone called the subconscious button you've got to breathe at some point the longest breath that's ever been held is over 25 minutes underwater yeah but that seems impossible when you let go of all the things that says, or you let go of all the things you believe impossible, you're at the inevitable. So does that answer the question? I don't know. It does, I don't know how to do sh- I'm working on short answers, but I haven't got there yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought that that's a great example of a conversation that had a really powerful impact on you. So thanks for sharing that. Um, the, the next question is um around i guess uh communication strengths and weaknesses right so as you think about all that you've accomplished in your life if there's one communication skill that you could have had could have had in more abundance that would have made it easier for you what would that have been i don't know whether it's a skills thing it is a skill but it's more what you might call a mindset i wouldn't call it a mindset it's more about a presence it's about freedom. It's about liberty. It took me a long time to learn. It took me a long time to stop having prearranged arguments in my head or discussions in my head with a virtual human before I had the discussion with the human. Um, 
I wouldn't, nowadays I don't think I'm going to talk to Greg. I don't think I'll say this to him when I see him, I'll say that. So the skill, let the other human being, don't decide for them, don't try and think for them. Just let the other human being who thinks for themselves talk to you. Don't talk to them through what you think they're going to say, what you believe they mean. Let the other person clarify the meaning. In arguments, I've heard it, I've had it done to me. I know what you mean. Well, no, I don't mean that. Well, I know bloody well what you mean. You let me explain. No, I know what you mean because you said that. Or my favourite one, and I learned this one in real time, when I had somebody say to me, you're not listening to me. I said, I'm listening to you. No, you're not listening to me. I said, honestly, I'm listening to you. No, there's no point in talking to you because you're not listening to me. I said, um, I can repeat back to you every word you said. But if you confuse listening with me changing my opinion for yours, I don't consider that listening. I consider that domination. Yeah, I consider that manipulation. I heard what you said. I accept the right that you have the right to think it. Um, and I think we get so the skill take right or wrong out of your equation. Does it feel right? Is the person happy? Are they smiling? Is it authentic or is it just like so? The skill in communication you're talking to somebody in front of you and they're not hearing you. They're, they're, they might be a PC and you might be a Mac. They might be the Mac and you might be the PC. Realize it's another human being. They have the right to think for them. You have the right to think for you. I'll translate that. You don't have the right to think for another human being or tell them what to think. You don't have that right. You have one life, one mind, one heart, one body. You have the right inside that. And I think sometimes we're too busy minding everybody else's business rather than minding our own. So the skill... Let go of right or wrong. It's what is right. Does that answer it? It does. It does. And you mentioned that it took you a long time to kind of get to that point where oh. you stopped having those virtual arguments. So I'm curious of, of how you made that shift. Like what was your strategy to, to remove that from your mind? Yeah, good questions, Greg. Um, I got sick of asking why. And not getting an answer. Why can we love someone or something, or as in a child, a, a partner, a friend? And when we look back over our life, it's like we were the own, we were the tornado in our own lives, the destroyer of dreams. And you sort of think, well, I really love that person, or I really cared about that person, or. And we lose people out of our lives either because of our actions or non-actions or because of our statements or non-statements or because they're just life in general as in they leave this earth. And then we have these regret or remorseful moments. If only I had more time to spend with X. If I'd only had said that when they were alive. If I'd only said that at the time. So I got sick of asking why people commit suicide 
why do people need antidepressant medication? I mean, we're so lucky we live in the 21st century world. Imagine growing up as a caveman or woman in these times. I mean, where would you, where would the pharmacy be? And I'm not, you might hear I'm like putting the pharmaceutical world down. I'm not. It's like, I think we're living like, I call it the big placebo. I think we're living in a reality. It's not a reality, it's, it's all virtual, it's pretend. Why do we allow thought or an emotion or that biological feeling control our life? It's information, it's data, it's like a radar coming back with information and you go, don't like the feeling of that, all right. Don't like the feeling of that, fair enough. What am I going to do? I'm going to change what I think's given me the feeling in the future. So these, these feelings that come to us, when you think a thought, why that thought? When you feel an emotion, why that emotion? People go, I always go by my feelings. Oh, fair enough. Do all the decisions you make turn out 100% correct? Well, no. All right, so your feelings get it wrong then. So I learned very hard... I wrote a thing when I was about 22, 23, something like that, called The Power of Words. Words are what power they have when uttered by the right tongues. All simple words, how they can make or break any individual and how lightly they are used. And sometimes they're used with a tongue like a dagger that cuts right through stabbing our deepest fears, creating monsters that hunt and haunt even while we sleep if we can sleep with the negative implants of doubt. I myself have been struck by lightning that has burnt into all my hopes and dreams and shattered my existence and put me in the coffin of despair while others around me screw the lid down. When all I needed was a few words that could be value, words or what power they have, when uttered by the right tongues. So, if I summarised everything I've learned today, and I'm still learning, I don't have all the answers, Greg, but I do know this. I'll give you a fine example of it, and as true as ever true could ever exist. Greg, you're a phenomenal guy, mate. So pleased I met you, and so pleased I was in your company. Speak to people that way, and mean it. Mean it like your life depends on it, because it does. The relationships you make from the communication you have, or don't have. Never mind not communicating. It's communication in itself. So who haven't you phoned recently and said, I love you? Who hasn't you phoned recently and told them how proud you are of them? Who haven't you phoned to make their day a better day? Because in, if we are a society, a community, and that's what communication is, we have to move from I to we. We have to move from Oh, I like me to us. It's communication for a reason, because it creates community. It doesn't create gangs. It doesn't create, it's communication, not conflict. It doesn't create gangs, in, whether they're called Russia, US, England, Europe, doesn't create communes, doesn't create cults. We're a culture not cult. So communication is the only tool we've got to make the world the place it should already be in the 21st century. 
So I love that. So final question for you, because I know we're kind of already over our our scheduled time here, but the final question is who's the best communicator that you know, either know of or know personally, you don't have to necessarily know them personally. And, and why do you say that about them? Very good. I don't have to know them personally. Do they have to be alive? No, no. Very good. It's one of his last speeches, and I would say it was Martin Luther King, and I'm not saying that because of his colour or anything like that. I think his communication was absolutely phenomenal because it was all future-focused. That was the whole one line. I have a dream, says everything. Not I have a plan, I have a dream. He wasn't disrespectful to any other race. He had a dream about every person working as a community in collaborative way at the same value. And I I would love to have met him. But in his last speech, he said, um, I've been to the mountaintop for a nominal language. I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. And then I may not get there with you. His language was we, us, not I or me. Mm-hmm. His language was future focused and he never once, he wasn't, I know whether he did in the early days, but the, the speeches I know of him and I've read a fair bit about him. He knew the problem. He knew he was done and dusted really, that the value was against him. He had to be very, very clever to make a change. He never had a victim mindset. He never pointed the finger. He was solution-based to create a community. So Martin Luther King, in my mind, would be one of the best called Gandhi. They would be the two, I think. Gandhi took a country that was in domination by the British to freedom without a gun. To me, that's the best type of communication. You need a stick or a gun or a nuke or a fist, whatever you want to use to make your point. You haven't got a point. You're the problem. Communication should be for community. Uh-huh. So, whether that makes sense, my friend, I'm not saying I'm right. Uh, I love it. I love it. So final, final question. Where can folks connect with you? Where can they learn what you're up to and, and where can they find you? Very good question. Um, success at transform dot V for very I for important P person. So success at transform.vip, even email me there or social media, obviously LinkedIn, Lee Tunnyware or Facebook. Um, and there are very, and you can hear this as arrogance. It's not, it's meant as authentic, authenticity, authentic is if you're reaching out and you want help, yeah, I've got a lot of emails. Yeah, the best place to get hold of me is on a Facebook message or LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to make a difference in your life, yeah, I'm not the person for you. You're looking to make the difference in the world. If you're looking to be the leader of leaders, then connect with me. If you need help connecting with anybody else, that's fine. But I work with people that are looking to make a difference look at the world and don't like it the way it is and aren't blame or victim orientated we can make the change in our lifetime to make this world a much better place and it's easy once we know 
not believe once we know we can do it. But if we keep finding all the excuses and reasons and all our battles to fight, then we're fighting battles, which means we haven't got community. So I work with leaders, whoever that be, leaders that are looking to drive a community, leaders that have got an innovative product. They're my best type of people. I've worked with anybody. But my time, i only got 24 hours of the day. I do like to spend time with my gorgeous wife and my phenomenal kids, and I have 11 of them. But if you're looking to make a difference in the world, in your community, yeah, in your organisation, and to make the world a better place in some way, then I swear to you, you'll never find a better collaborator to work with. Very cool. So, and Greg, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. It's been great. Um, it, it, it's been a really, I think dynamic, powerful, and unique conversation. Um, I love your point of view, and I think it really helps me and, and hopefully the audience think about communication a little bit differently, a little bit more deeply, a little bit more holistically, and, and especially looks at what we might be able to accomplish if we can all communicate mm. a bit more authentically and effectively. Very good. Can I ask you one question? Well, there'll be two questions before you go. And I've, I've, made, I've made them in real time. I, I, they're not prepared. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm assuming this, so it, I, the question can be redundant for a start. Do you have a partner that you love? A partner that I love? Yeah. Yes. Right. Do you always speak to them that way? No. Do you get my point? Yeah. Love, love is the silver bullet that ensures your future is with somebody that you can collaborate with. Love is the blanket, the warmth, the person you can trust. If you're disrespected the person you love, then are, are you able to respect anybody? Mm -hmm. now you can hear it as a judgment. Yeah, sometimes if you can't communicate and it, if we're in that frustration point, find a song. I, and I'll be honest with you, I get it wrong more times than I'd like to admit. About a week ago, my wife won't like me for this year. Give out to me. Why are you so open like that? We had a row. She didn't talk to me for about two days. I didn't feel very good. Like, because of it, I don't like conflict. I can handle conflict, just don't like it with my wife. Like, another part of me. And I thought about it. It wasn't interested in being right. And I went, I was thinking, like, what is it if I had to say it to her? Yeah. How can I communicate? Because she's not, she's not willing to listen to me at the minute. So I, I went online and I wasn't trying to convince her or get her back on side. Not, all I wanted to do was to get our relationship back to where that pure harmony. And I went through countless songs, countless articles, and I found a song, I heard it years ago, Kenny Rogers' Lady. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Yeah. And all I'd done, and when I found it, oh, I could have cried near enough. That, I thought, this is it. And I just copied the link and sent it in WhatsApp. That was it. The next morning, I was woken up to a kiss and a thank you and a sorry. And I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I said, what for? She said, for the song. Because the song said everything that I wanted to communicate in that moment. I wasn't communicating because I wanted to get out of the doghouse. I never wanted to get in the first place. 
just wanted to communicate to another human that they knew I had their back, that I'll, I'll die for you, I'll go for a wall for you, I'll do anything you want. Inside me, I value you more than any other human on this world. You know, that's, that's authenticity. And I'm not saying I'm authentic, you can hear it that way. In that moment, I think we all have pure moments of authenticity, and then we have these not-so-good moments. There are some really bad names, some beginning with S, some beginning with C. But what I'm saying is, it's like, it's, what do you want? And not what do you want, as in I want a burger. What do you want that human to feel? What do you want that human when they're not with you, when they lay their head on the pillow, they're driving the car? What self-talk have you put in their heads? Oh, I feel great. Greg loves me. You never guess what Greg said to me this morning. That's communication. When somebody else takes your message your feeling and passes it to another human. To me, that's perfect communication. When you speak, how long do you want your words to last for? Can you, are they just words as in, Greg, I think you're a great guy. I don't think you're a great guy. I've never met anybody else in this world like Greg. I think Greg's a phenomenal guy. Priceless, why if he was an artifact? I, I don't know any other Greg, nor will I ever know another Greg. That's the way I should treat Greg. If he was an artifact work of art, oh, I'd have it in the museum locked up. Priceless. And I know that the person sitting across from me in the virtual world is priceless. That's my truth. Very cool. Very cool. And I don't, I don't love you. <laughs> I love my wife. I love my kids. You get it? I don't, yeah, I like you. I don't love you. I might. Lean's time goes on. I might. You might be the best thing since sliced bread. Anyway, <laughs> I'll be holding you up. No. I would look for a song. If you, any time, and don't prepare them because if you get them ahead of time, you must be planning to have drama in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I've communicated through song before. It's been a long time, though, to tell you the truth. Um, so it's probably something I can I can kind of get back to. Yeah. Um, I've when got a rhetorical, got rhetorical question for you. Don't want the answer. It's nothing to do with me, not my business, it's yours. Imagine you had a time machine inside you and you could go back to the, that time when you really knew you loved them and you really felt it inside. Just imagine you could do that. And then while you're imagining it, do it. Grab that feeling that's in the past, that pure, oh, that, oh, you can't wait for the Friday night to see them, you can't, that feeling. And bring it back with you to the future and talk to your wife from that feeling or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your partner. You see the difference then. You go back and find the positive memories in your life and bring them forward to the now. And the junk ones, the ones that we all keep keeping our red, they're the ones you forget about. Take the wisdom from it, move forward. Think of a time when you were out with that person and you, oh, it was perfect. It was like oxygen. It was like pure energy and you knew this is the person for me. Now, that, you could have been going out for six months, six years before you can't live my life without this person. Find that feeling inside and communicate from that place. And that virtual self you have installed in somebody else, that virtual avatar that's inside all of us. Yeah. Do you have a virtual avatar of me inside you? Use that 
virtual avatar inside somebody else to serve you. Not manipulation. You're going to install in them, install that feeling. I guarantee you, this is how I arrogance, correct? Yeah. You'll never forget me, mate. That sounds like arrogance, but you'll never forget me. Why? Because I've done my absolute best of my 55 years to show up real. And I think authenticity, I say it like this, most people go through life ticking boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I go through life being the box everybody wants to tick. <laughs> I don't think Chris, I don't think Christine Aguilera went to bed wanting to be like Madonna when she was a kid. She she knew who she was wanting to be. I don't think Beyonce did. I don't think Elvis did. I don't think Elton John did. I don't think John Lennon did. But how many kids do you think are going to bed tonight wanting to be like Beyonce? Yeah, you sure. got to create your box. And tick that box of all the things you love and like and find somebody that likes similar things. They don't have to be an exact clone of you. I mean, that would be, I mean, as you're going to bed for yourself every night. Wouldn't be fun. But if you don't get that right, some of that communication, you might be going to bed by yourself every night. <laughs> sure, for anyway, sure. I'm well, going to love you and leave you. I uh, no, I really appreciate that that advice and that guidance and, and uh, all the insights that you shared. So thanks so much for your time, David. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.